So let's get to the message. Let's get to the series this morning. Uh, we're talking about wisdom, and the title this morning is Get Wisdom. And it's an introduction to the series. Uh, you, you know, we're going to be talking about this for the next uh, few weeks. But, you know, as I thought about it, really the title ought to move along the lines of Get Wisdom and Keep Getting Wisdom. Amen. You know, uh, in my own private reading time, I, I started years ago, I got into a, a habit of trying to read through my whole Bible each year. And I had to work up toward that. And uh, once I got to that point, sometimes it would be Genesis to Revelation. Sometimes I would do Genesis and Matthew and work through Old and New Testament together. Uh, and sometimes I would do a, a chronological study. That's actually what I'm doing uh, this year is where, you know, you'll take all the different books uh, of the Bible and you'll read them all in sequence with whatever history you're reading about. So uh, the books of the prophets, they're all being woven into what we're reading in Kings and Chronicles and that kind of thing. So, so I'm in, uh, I've been in for the last uh, oh, bunch of weeks, I've been in uh, Kings and Chronicles. And so, so if, if you've been there, if you've read through, you know, you read about all these different kings of Israel, you read about all these different kings of Judah, and you uh, you, you know, there's a bunch of them. You know, we really cover a, a lot of time uh, with these different kings. And, you know, some of them, uh, the Bible just, just shows that they were, they were just the worst kings ever. You know, they, they didn't follow God's ways. Uh, they rebelled against God. They were steeped in sin and idolatry. And some of those guys, actually very encouraging, you know, we'll read about them. Uh, and then um, they'll have an encounter with God. And they'll turn away from all of that. They'll, they'll live a life of foolishness and folly. And then they'll meet God and turn into a life of wisdom later on in their lives. There's other kings that we read about and uh, they'll start off strong for God. But somewhere along the line, pride will get in, they'll get a taste of success, you know, and they'll start to get their eyes off God. They stop reverencing and respecting the Lord. And then before you know it, they've moved from wisdom uh, into folly and they, and they lose their course with God. And it's a very sobering thing because when we look at uh, King Solomon, right, we know him as the wisest man that ever lived, at least up till Bible times for sure. It says he was the wisest man on the earth at the time. And, you know, he had wisdom from heaven. And yet we find out Solomon got his eyes off the Lord. The guy who was given wisdom from heaven, who was the wisest around, moved away from wisdom. And so we're going to look at words that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that Solomon penned that said, get wisdom. But I know Solomon would also tell us, get wisdom and keep getting wisdom. Amen? Yeah. All right, so let's take a look. Uh, we'll start in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 6 to 8. And uh, it says, do not forsake her. Her is wisdom here. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her. And she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. 
So, so you know, the, the, the challenge, the command of Scripture is, man, wisdom is the principal thing. Get it. Go after it. Get understanding. And, you know, we in, in our nation, in uh, our modern world today, uh, more than ever before, we see the need to be people of wisdom. Can you say amen? There's more that's dark. There's more that's mixed up. There's more that's confused. There's so many situations facing our church today that needs uh, wisdom in leaders, in elders, and we need wise believers uh, in order to make sure that we're following God's will. Uh, you, you know, for, for many years in our nation, you know, the, the, the nation itself was at least anchored to uh, Judeo-Christian values for a compass. And now there, there is no fixed point for navigating and, and making choices and, and walking out wisdom in our modern culture. It's just moved into darkness. And, you know, I was looking up, you know, so, so we've got all of this that's going on in the world. And, and I was curious, you know, what are, what are the biggest things that will influence and impact our lives where we would have to uh, use wisdom and make decisions and look at our choices? And, you know, it, it was researched and studied. And they say, well, our genes have a lot to do with it. You know, uh, not that we want to blame things on, on, on parents and everything, but there's things that are wired into us because of our genes. Uh, there's our upbringing, popular culture, technology, and unexpected events. These all together can be things that have great influence on the decisions that we make. And oftentimes when these things come down the road, you know, the factor where we say, well, what do I do with this? What direction do I go in? What steps do I take? That's wisdom. And so we're, we're influenced, we're bombarded uh, with information every day. I mean, there are folks, they have entire careers now uh, off of social media, and they're called influencers. Right? And in this, with, with a compass that has moved off of the North Star, that has moved off of anchoring to cardinal points of north, south, east, and west, uh, there's a lot of gray. There's a lot that from God's perspective used to be just pretty cut and dry uh, that is, you know, black and white that's now moved to gray. Uh, how many know even in, you know, some of the hero movies, you know, I was thinking back to my kid, my, uh, when my father was a kid, uh, he used to love uh, Gene Autry and Roy Rogers, you, you know, and, you know, it was very, very apparent in, in those films who the hero was and who the villain was, right? You know, now we have anti-heroes. Right, you know, we, we find, you know, I found myself watching movies and I'm like, look what they got me doing. They got me rooting for the bad guy, right? You know, there's no, there, there's no compass point and our culture and our world is so desperately lost. And so we as the body of Christ need to not be a part of that. We need to be influencers for him. And need to be able to walk in his wisdom, you know. So, so you, you know, it's more critical than ever before. The information and the misinformation, it can be disorienting to us. And it, it's written two places in the book of Judges. Uh, I'll, I'll just look at one in, in Judges 17.6. It says, in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. In the New King James, it says, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And there's a whole lot of that. People uh, just, just working through, wandering through uh, choices and decisions and, 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 you know, what is called wisdom, doing what is right in their own eyes. And there are many people who 
uh, claim and proclaim to be wise, and yet we see the effect of their wisdom on our society, on our world around us. Because you want to know, at the end of the day, we look at the fruit of the so-called wisdom that we think we're walking in, and wisdom from heaven is going to bear wholesome, righteous, healthy, good fruit in our lives. And of course, the wisdom that comes from this world uh, is not going to do that. James 3.15 talks about the wisdom of this age. It says, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Man, that's strong. In Proverbs uh, 14.12, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And so we've got all this going on around us, uh, you know, whether it's wisdom for the big picture, wisdom for our worldview and, and the paradigms that we see life through, uh, whether it's uh, for the big and small decisions, you know, we want wisdom from heaven. You know, uh, it's it, it said as they study our lives and sociologists and stuff, they say that, that really there's about six or seven of the decisions that we make in a lifetime that are kind of like what we would call the mega decisions, you know, that, that are just so course-altering that we want to make sure that they're, they're made with wisdom. But, you know, on the other side of that, there are smaller decisions that we can make that can start us down a road toward big decisions that we might regret making, that we, that we don't want to make. You know, uh, Pastor Nate was talking earlier about, you know, working in the coffee factory and, you know, you know how, how to give glory unto God. And I just want to say, I give thanks to God for those who make the bean available to me. That I can get up in the morning and you talk about big decisions, little decisions. My decision this morning was like, all right, do I do the just plain old Joe? Do I do French vanilla? Do I do hazelnut? You know, big decisions here, right? But just think about how many decisions you already made this morning, right? What to wear and, you, you know, where are you going to stop for coffee on the way here or what, you know, on and on it goes. But whether it's for those little decisions or whether it's the, the big scale worldview decisions, God wants his wisdom firmly planted in our lives. It was just, it was kind of neat as Pastor James was uh, at the end of service kind of wrap, wrapping us up out of worship time, talking about some of the things, you know, feel like God is saying, you know, um, the, the, the message is really going to dovetail in with that, a reverence for God and being, and being uh, secured in him, right? Because we know our world, God tells us in his word, it's only going to get more turbulent out there. It's only going to get more confusing and more disorienting. But the good news is, uh, y you know, there's not many that have walked the path of wisdom all the way through. But that doesn't mean by any stretch it's impossible, in fact, our theme for this year is to live on purpose. That's really what we're looking at here today, is in each and every season uh, of living that we would be committed to on purpose, continuing to hear from God and make sure that we're hearing him for wisdom and for our choices. Amen? So Henry Ford, uh, automaker, uh, he asked electrical genius Charlie Steinmetz, to build the generator for his factory. One day the generator ground to a halt and the repairman couldn't find the problem. So Ford called Steinmetz, uh, you know, to come down and check it out. He, he tinkered with the machine for a couple of hours and then he threw the switch and the thing whirled back to life and, and he was back on track. Uh, Ford, uh, soon after that, got a bill 
Now, keep in mind the time frame we're talking about here. He got a bill for $10,000 from Steinmetz, you know. And he was pretty upset about that. And he, he said, uh, you're going to need to justify why this bill is so high. And so he replied and he broke the bill down for tinkering with the generator, $10. For knowing where to tinker, $9,990, right? There is a picture of wisdom. Nobody else had the wisdom to fix that thing but the maker. And hey, the good news is your maker lives inside you and has the wisdom to walk you through every path, every choice, every obstacle, and every decision. Amen. All right, so, so let's define this here. Uh, what are we talking about when we're talking about wisdom, right? Because it says in Proverbs, get wisdom, get understanding. So the dictionary would say wisdom is the ability to discern or judge what is true or right or lasting. So, you know, when we're talking about wisdom, we're talking beyond information, right? Based on this discernment, judgment, true, right. Knowledge, on the other hand, is information gained through experience or from reasoning or from acquaintance with something or someone. Knowledge can exist without wisdom, but not the other way around. So a wisdom will often come with several companions. We see this in the Word of God. So, you know, again, the idea of knowledge, uh, you know, you're, you're working with facts and principles uh, that are at a person's uh, disposal that can help them make informed decisions. But then we also see principles in Scripture like having understanding. The sons of Issachar understood the times, understanding, information, and they knew what to do, wisdom. Right? And then we also have discernment. That's to perceive or recognize through sense or through intellect, through the voice of the Lord in our spirit man. Uh, to show good judgment and understanding based on our perception of a matter or something. To discern. Uh, very close to discernment, we could use the word insight. That's the process of intuition. Now, some of us are wired where God is just gifted with more natural intuition. Some have more of that, some have less of that. But the truth is, we have an intuition that comes from heaven if we keep our ear turned toward the Lord. Uh, so all of this together works, you know, as we begin to unpack here a little bit, this idea of getting wisdom. And the book, the, the book of Proverbs tells us uh, where to begin. Uh, it actually has a ton to say about wisdom. Uh, Proverbs 4, 7 says, The beginning of wisdom is this, Get wisdom, though it cost all you have, get understanding. Wow, how interesting that Proverbs says, Here's where to start. Go after it, right? It's not a passive thing. There's an intensity. There's a purpose. There's an intentionality. Uh, there's nothing wishy-washy. There, there's a, a strength of pursuit in going after wisdom. Hey, by the way, little interruption here. Lorraine, I saw you before. Lorraine is back from Africa, and it's great to see you back, Lorraine. Blessings on you. Sorry, I just didn't want to miss the opportunity. We all, we all saw her, uh, her video updating us just a week or two ago. But anyway, praise God. All right. So Proverbs 8.11, for wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. Can we stop for a minute there? Did the Bible just say nothing that you can desire is going to compare with wisdom? 
oh, I see now why God is saying have some intensity to go after wisdom from heaven, huh? So why is it so valuable? Uh, let's look at a couple of things. Uh, wisdom empowers us to live life in a different way. There's some ways that it does that. Uh, first of all, wisdom gives you the power to change. You know, we read about it in Proverbs, to go from simple to wise, to go from foolish to understanding, to go from wicked to righteous. It has the power uh, to change our lives the way we think. Wisdom is all about change because when God starts to work in us, how many know he's not done working until we see him face to face someday? right? So we're going to need wisdom every step of the path because he's not done working on us, making us look more like him. And it's developed in our lives and uh, it's developed from within as we do life, as we walk life out. You know, I heard somebody say one time, uh, you you know, uh, a mentor in my life uh, that's older than me, and they said, you know, the older I get, the less I'm sure about But the things I'm sure about, I'm more sure about. And that's a statement of, man, I just keep growing and and there's greater revelation and understanding and discernment. and, and, And it helps that wisdom factor in our lives. Number two, wisdom also empowers us to lead. And again, uh, you know, I learned this early on, kind of like in ABCs of leadership. Leadership is not a title and a title is not leadership. Leadership is our influence. And so every one of us as believers, we're called to have influence, right? We're called to be the head, not the tail. We're a city on a hill. We're the light of the world, you know? So, so we all have opportunity to lead. And, you, you know, the, the world is watching. You know, as we walk out in pursuit of God, the world will see the fruit of that wisdom in our lives. And, you know, l- let it be an encouragement here this morning. When you're going through the tough spot, and the world sees you react God's way, sees you respond God's way to the storm that you're going through, it's a testimony to the world. It's showing wisdom from heaven, and, and, and it provides light. It provides leadership for the world to understand, hey, in all of this darkness and this confusion around me, hey, you're going through all this, and here you are anchored. What gives you the peace? What wisdom do you have that I obviously don't have, right? Amen. Number three, wisdom also gives the power to decide. So it saves us from the fear of failure, helps us to make decisions. So wise people will consider the options, listen well to counsel, look at God's perspective, and then take time to develop understanding so that a decision can be made. So when we talk about being wise, you know, we're not talking about being perfect. So, hey, let's just make that that statement for clarity here today. How many know the wisest person isn't going to navigate life perfectly, right? So, I mean, we even see that in Scripture. You know, all the wisdom that Paul walked in, you know, and he's trying to get somewhere. And he's like, well, the door closed here. And then I tried to go here, you know, on his missions journeys. And that didn't happen. And tried to go here. And and finally said, okay, wait a minute. God's doing something here. You know, then God wound up opening up another door for them. So, uh, number four, wisdom gives power to live. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more fully, to have an abundant life. The abundant life that he called us to is a life walking in the wisdom of God. So uh, we're talking about all of these things in the context that this is a wisdom that doesn't notice itself. It's not a wisdom that says, hello, I am wisdom, come sit at my feet and learn from me. 
right? Now, how many have run into that kind of wisdom in the, in the world, right? It, it, there's a humble wisdom. It's a wisdom that doesn't attract, uh, it, it's a wisdom that is attractive, but is not one calling folks to, to uh, be self-oriented toward that person, right? It's not a, a selfish-oriented thing. It, it said, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, there was uh, two stories here from, from history. One of the British royals, as a matter of fact, there was a journalist that interviewed two different British royalty. Uh, this is going back, you know, several decades. And, and this journalist was being interviewed. What was it like sitting before these, these larger-than-life people? And, and the journalist responded, well, the first one, I was in the room with them, and I felt I am in the presence of greatness. You know, the other person that I met with, you know, later on and years after them made me feel like they were in the presence of greatness. Right? There was, there was a wisdom that had a focus on the other person. That is a wisdom from heaven. That's exactly Jesus and the Pharisees, isn't it? Right? The Pharisees walked around proclaiming, we are holy, we are spiritual, we are magnificent. Gather around us and be in awe. And then there was Jesus who was the one who is greatness. And people were saying, I just got to get around him. We've never heard anybody say things like he did, right? So, so the difference between the two, I love this story. Winston, Winston Churchill, how many have ever heard in Scripture, uh, you know, quoting uh, New, or King James, there, uh, there but for the grace of God go I, right? There but for the grace of God go I. So, okay, Winston Churchill, uh, one of his famous lines in life comes from working with one of the uh, other kinds of people that we don't want to be here today uh, who noticed their own wisdom. And unfortunately, he was a religious leader of the day, and they came into contact often. And the person was full of themselves, always trying to impress others with their great wisdom and spirituality. One day after this guy had put on quite a show as he was walking out of the room, Churchill said just loud enough for him to hear, there but for the grace of God goes God. Because we know Churchill was so timid in speaking his mind on things, right? So um, Proverbs paints this picture of wisdom, all these things that we've spoken about. But let's look at it now and understand that the pursuit of wisdom, it's painted in this picture of pursuing treasure. So for the remainder of our time, uh, let's talk about uh, things that will cause us, four things that will cause us to have wisdom. And again, let's just not think in the context of now. Let's think in the context of each season of life that we walk through to be a person of wisdom. So let's look at Proverbs 2. We're going to pull these from Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 6. It says, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, just really catch that. You know, accept and store up, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and then find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So wow, there's so much that we could pull out of that. Man, there's just so much great stuff in there. But let's just look at four things that we can grab a hold of today on building wisdom, being anchored in it in our lives. So first of all, wise people use God's life map. And that, of course, is the Bible. So Psalm 19, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. 
The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Proverbs 10.8, the wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. And Matthew 7.24, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. So church, I would say, you know, as, as we hear this reminder this morning of, okay, so a wise person, you know, works in, builds their life on God's map for life, God's word. I think the biggest challenge we have to look at today, knowing we are in a culture, as we said in the introduction, bombarding us with misinformation, false information, wisdom that is earthly and carnal, not spiritual and demonic. We have to ask ourselves, number one, am I Feeding on the word of God. Is that my roadmap? And how often am I consulting the map? How do I, and the way to know is to ask ourselves if there is confusion, if we are disoriented, uh, if we're out of sorts as we're living and navigating this world, it's probably a flag for us that we have to say, I have to increase my word intake in my day-to-day life. Can you say Amen. A lot of times when I hear the wisdom of the world, and, and, you know, I can remember one time in particular watching a movie on TV, just like, just, you know, during the daytime it was a movie, and I'm hearing these philosophies, and I'm like, I know this is not true. I know that this is not wisdom from heaven, but why is it making so much sense? And, and, I, and I realized, flag went off, you got to get more in the word, You have to make sure that north, south, east, and west are staying now clear in your life as these other messages are coming to bombard. And, you know, how many know the devil is not coming with uh, a pitchfork, red horns, and a tail? He's going to come through ideas. He's going to come through messages. When when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, it was with half-truths. I mean, for crying out loud, he quoted scripture, right? So if we're going to stay on track so, so that, you know, wise people are, are, are just drenched in the word of God. Amen. Number two, wise people ask for God's help. And again, that might sound so obvious, but I tell you, there are times where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm walking along in life and now there's a mountain in front of me. And I'll say, okay, when's God going to move the mountain? When's God going to move the mountain? Hey, God, what's up with this mountain? And then all of a sudden in my, you know, genius discernment, God reminds me, I told you, take my authority and you move the mountain. So I'll be standing for a hundred years in front of that mountain because I didn't take time. God said, I want you to ask, or he said, I want you to declare, I want you to speak, but we, we, don't, we don't passively. Now, now, yes, God has a plan for our lives, and yes, God does orchestrate, and there are times where he'll push things out of the way, but how many know that as we walk through life and if we navigate, if any of you lack wisdom, what does it say? Let him ask, right? Not wavering. Right, so, so we're called to ask, we're called to speak, we're called to declare. And, you know, we know God went to Solomon, as we mentioned earlier, and he said, you're going to lead this nation. You can have anything you want. And he didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for his enemies to be subdued. Uh, we, we read it in Second Chronicles 1.10. Give me the wisdom and knowledge to lead them properly. For who could possibly govern this great people of yours? 
And again, that was James 1.5 that I just referenced before that. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it'll be given to you. And then also we know, praise God, in this new covenant, when we are born again, God's Holy Spirit moves on the inside. And so now we have wisdom, we have the ultimate coach, the ultimate guide, the ultimate advocate now dwelling inside us. John 14, 16 to 17, and I will ask the Father, this is Jesus talking, right? And he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And again, John 16, 13, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he'll tell you what is yet to come. Can you say amen? Amen. Everybody tracking so far? All right. All right. So the, the third thing of these four things that we'll look at, wise people search for God's wisdom. And again, when we go back and, and look at Proverbs here, right, there's this picture of searching, seeking, going after. Wise people search for God's wisdom. And, and I want to break this down to, to be a, a little, little bit more practical. So, so how do we search for God's wisdom? Well, well, first of all, by wanting. It starts with what I want. Proverbs 16, 16, it's better to get wisdom than gold and to choose understanding rather than silver. You know, I was thinking about this. I've, I've heard over the years little sound bites about people who have won the lottery and have lost all their money. You know, I thought about it and I thought, wow, like people have won the mega millions type lottery and, and how it's not gone well for them. And I thought, how can that be? You know, somebody gets an option to get a check for $50 million for life. How could that be, you know, that they, that they crash and burn on that? So I went back and I found two sources that documented that 70%, 70% of lottery winners lose it all within a few years and find themselves worse off than before they won the lottery. That's, that's, that's astounding, isn't it? And, and it's so, it's like God knows what he's talking about here or something, huh? Amen. It's better to get wisdom than gold and to choose understanding rather than silver. So, you know, how many times, you know, uh, those kings that I mentioned in scripture or in life, folks start going for, well, hey, if I do this, then I'll be more secure. If I do this, this will mean better pay. Nothing wrong with, with uh, having good pay and nothing wrong. God wants to bless and God is going to provide. But when he stays our source, then we're walking in his wisdom. But when, when we start moving into making something else the source, that's like the person who won the lottery and said, ah, I don't, have to, I don't have to think anymore. So why does that happen? Well, it's a lack of wisdom. It's a lack of how do I, how do I work this out? Can you say amen? amen. All right. Uh, so, so also, how do we search too? Well, we do it by working. Now, we don't work for our faith, uh, you, you know, but there is a, a working that is being a good steward of our lives that works in cooperation with God so that wisdom will unfold in our lives. If you say, well, I don't believe that working is a part of it. I think you just experience life and you get wiser. I would say, no way. Because there are a lot of people that have experienced a lot of life, haven't gotten any wiser. Come on, can you say amen? Just honestly, just, just how it is, right? I heard somebody say this way. People say age and wisdom travel together. I have found that sometimes age travels alone. 
It's true. We have to work together with the Lord. And, and so, you know, what does that look like? Uh, so uh, William Jennings Bryan, uh, the statesman, he tells a story that before he went off to college, his father brought him into his study and he asked him to make a commitment for the first year of college that he would read a chapter of Proverbs every single day. Uh, he wanted his son to not just have knowledge, but to have wisdom. Later in life, William Jennings Bryan uh, looked back on that and said, that was one of the most significant things that I have ever done in my life, was just to spend that time in Proverbs. Wow. And then here's how Billy Graham put it. He talked about the habit of being in Proverbs. You know, he said, uh, for a number of years, I've made it a practice to read five Psalms and one chapter of Proverbs a day. The Psalms teach us how to get along with God. The Proverbs teach us how to get along with our fellow man. So go, Billy. Appreciate that. So, so by working, by, by working God's word out into our lives. And then I'd say number three, by watching as well. Proverbs 13.10 says, those who take advice are wise. So we have people that we take along on this journey with us that will speak into our lives, right? Uh, watching other people, learning from their experiences, learning from their advice. Uh, someone said that wisdom is the reward you have for a lifetime of listening when you would have preferred talking. I think that's so good. Just, just wisdom about wisdom uh, in that statement. Uh, wisdom uh, is, is something that we can get so much out of watching what other people do. You know, so I, I think about it, you, you know, uh, when I was youth pastoring in North Jersey, um, as a matter of fact, it's really neat how it happened. Uh, there was a, a youth conference that we attended down in Pensacola. And at this youth conference, uh, as, as it worked out, the Lord was doing some personal life lessons in my life. Each main speaker happened to mention how old they were at the time. So I was 26. I remember that. And uh, so, so the first speaker on the first night was Dave Reaver. And uh, he was 52 at the time. He was the age I am now. Now that I thought about that in, in, in first service, I was like, wow, time has gone by there. You know, uh, 26 to 52. But I remember thinking, this guy is so wise. You know, and then the next night, Jeannie Mayo was the speaker. And I remember being like, man, just incredible wisdom, you know, coming from this woman's mouth. And she was 49. And then the next day, I heard from Richard Crisco, who was the youth pastor down there, and he was 36. And so the, the youngest person speaking up there was 10 years older than me. And I just felt like the Lord was telling me, press in, seek me. You're, you, you know, you'll, you'll get it. Go on with me. And, and when I got home, I thought, Lord, the picture that I'm dreaming about of what this youth ministry can be, it doesn't exist here in New Jersey. And so, so from what I learned there in, in, down in Florida there, I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to get some friend, friends around me that are further down the road than me. I'm going to learn from some other people. So Richard Crisco had a mentoring audio cassette, so I was hanging out with him a couple times a month. I found out Jeannie had an audio thing. That I, I was hanging out with her. There's a guy. I found out what was the largest local church youth ministry on the North American continent, and I started uh, having him come in and, and speak to me too through CDs. You know, so these were relationships that I couldn't necessarily get in person. And I want you to hear this. I had the Word of God. I had the voice of God's Holy Spirit. And then... 
after that, we take the counsel and the wisdom from other people around us. I didn't copy what they did, but I also learned there's some things, we've heard the phrase, why reinvent the wheel? You know, so it might be that, why am I sharing all this? You might be looking at an area in your life where you're saying, I'm lacking wisdom. You know, is there anybody that you're looking at and you're saying, man, they're thriving. They're thriving in this area that I want to be thriving in. Maybe you take them to lunch. You know, just here as I've got into my 50s, I've started thinking about, you know, so life in my 60s, life in my 70s, you know, by God's grace or if the Lord should tarry, what does that, what does that look like? And so I started looking up and looking around. And, and, and there's, there's a bunch of you here where you've heard me say something like this. Man, I want to be like you when I grow up. I'm watching you in this season of life. And I'm watching your wisdom from heaven. And my goal is to learn from you in this season so that I, that I can walk that out and walk in that wisdom without having to learn it the hard way, Right? There was something in, in a youth ministry, we would do this uh, purity seminar, and I remember one of the quotes, I'll never forget it, not all wisdom needs to come from scars, right? So I, I can instead learn from others. Everybody still tracking with me so far? Amen? You know, we can learn, right, Proverbs, it says, you know, basically tells us, hey sluggard, look at the ant, Right? Look what it's, you know, so God will show us things from nature. God will show us things. There, there are opportunities to glean wisdom all around us. And, and you want to know what? Every, every, every mentor in my life, one of the things that, that made, what was the deciding factor on whether or not they would move into mentor role in my life is would they not just tell me every place where they nailed it and got it right, but would they be willing to say, here's where I've blown it. Here's where I've missed it. Here's something not to do. Come on, can you say amen? You, you know, so all of this works together, you know, in this picture of watching others and inviting the voice uh, of others into our lives. And man, there's so much in scripture that speaks of that. So, and then number four, the, the last thing here in, in this area of searching is by waiting. So part of pursuing wisdom is waiting. You know, again, as I was thinking, you know, from time to time, I've had people ask, like, so, you know, you, you had all those years in youth ministry. Now, now in, as a senior pastor, you know, do you find that there's a big difference? And uh, the answer is yes. <laughs> and one of the biggest differences I would say is the level of complexity and the level of impact that, uh, that are held with the problems that need to be solved. Amen. And so with that, I can't tell you how many times I look at a situation and I'm like, I have no idea what to do. And so I'll look at the word. I'll look at Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And then God has a wonderful circle of voices around me. And, and you'd be blown away to know how many times it's like, well, you really seem like you have wisdom. You know, most of my best ideas have come from others. Let that sink in for a second. It's as God has brought his counsel through the voices of somebody else and say, you know what? That's right. That's the way to go. But I'll tell you one thing for sure. When it comes to wisdom and making a decision, if I don't hear like I've heard from God, I don't want to move on it. I'll wind up stopping. I'll wind up waiting. Lord, I need you to confirm this. I need you to show this. There, 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 right now, there's something I'm praying on, uh, and, and it's... it's um, 
deadline factored into it. And I'm like, Lord, you know there's a deadline here, right? And so far, I've heard nothing. And so guess what I'm going to do? Nothing but wait on him. I'm not, not going to do that passively. And I'm going to wait. And, and I've gone to that scripture, Lord, if you lack wisdom, you can ask, Lord, I'm asking, I'm not wavering, and I thank you, Lord, that you are going to make this clear. If there's anyone here who's saying, ah, I need wisdom, we, we can stand on this promise. Uh, rejoice for the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. He's ordering our steps. But how many know that God is not pressured or intimidated by the fact that we can get everything uh, right away, our way, here in our modern culture? You know, so we can say, but God, Amazon will have it tomorrow. And God responds, I'm not impressed with Amazon. You just wait on me. You just seek me. Amen? All right. So as we look at all this moving forward in our searching, <clears throat> there is uh, a time and there is this idea of waiting on him. Uh, last one that we'll look at here, number four, as far as four things uh, that we can do to, to uh, be a person of wisdom is maintain a respect for God's greatness. And again, let's go back to Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And I tell you, when we go back to these kings, you know, when, I mean, we could look at either kings in the Bible or unfortunately we can look at uh, modern biographies, singers, actors, uh, athletes, people who began their time saying something like this, well, I just give God praise and glory for the gift that's in my life and I want to use it to bless him. And then there, the, the, the pool of people who start off saying that as success moves them forward, unfortunately, that pool gets smaller and smaller. How many have we seen that we know their testimony was, I was raised in the church, I, uh, you know, uh, was ministering uh, for God, and then that wound up being something, what, what happened here, what went on? When we lose the reverence for the greatness of God, we're going to start getting off course uh, from God's wisdom. Psalm 111 verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of of." I'm sorry, is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey, obey his commands will grow in wisdom. Praise him forever. So what does it mean to respect God, uh, to give him place to love what he loves, to hate what he hates, to keep a place of reverence toward him in our lives? I can remember as a kid, I was a pretty uh, not want to rock the boat kid. My older brother wanted to rock the boat not all wisdom has to come from scars. I learned from him. There's a better way. I remember one time he said I was in like junior high going to the movies by myself, you know. And he's like, oh, I didn't get to go to the movies by myself when I was in junior high. And, and basically the response was, because we couldn't trust you to go to the movies when you were in junior high, you know. I can't say that I was all that wonderful. I just kept my eyes open. You know, we keep our eyes open uh, and we, we learn a thing, you know. But reverence, you know, one thing, uh, you, you know, uh, there'd be times, and I'm sure we've all experienced it in our own way, times where I moved out of a healthy respect for my parents, you know. And, uh, you, you know, uh, it wouldn't take a whole lot for me to recognize I'm going down the wrong path here. You know, sometimes it would be a raised eyebrow. Sometimes it would be 
I'm not going to ask you again. Come on, how many in the room can testify when you hear your full name with your middle name? You know, right? But what is all that speaking of? Maintaining a healthy respect, a healthy reverence. If we will keep that kind of reverence toward our Lord, and as we grow in intimacy with him, as we grow in communion with him, we just don't ever want it to become casual. Amen? It's amazing, right? Anytime, anytime we read in scripture where somebody has a greater encounter with the Lord, what does that produce in their lives? Hey, church, here's how we can tell, am am I in the flesh or am I experiencing God here? Without exception, anytime there is a fresh encounter with the Lord, there's a greater reverence for God that goes up in someone's life right? Isaiah, I'm undone, you you know, being in God's presence. Every time, you know, uh, Moses uh, getting into the the burning bush, take off your feet, take off your feet, take off your shoes. I should have just left that and then asked who actually was paying attention and heard that, you know, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground, right? So, so, and that was something Pastor James even leaned into a little bit earlier there. So, amen. I know, I know I gave a lot today. Is everybody here still with me as, as we wind up and we still close? Amen. So one final thing for us, in the Old Testament, wisdom is personified and what's used there is her, right? You know, uh, seek after her. In reality, truth in our new covenant, Jesus is wisdom to us. That, as a matter of fact, let's just read those scriptures as we uh, prepare to close here. 1 Corinthians one twenty four. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. In Colossians 2.3, in him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So in him. So for us here today, uh, wisdom starts out of our own surrendering our heart to Christ as Lord and Savior. And we become born again and Holy Spirit moves in to dwell in our heart. And we anchor our lives in his word and then we begin to pursue after him. We call out for his voice, right? And we search after and we look for God's wisdom. Man, we see in Proverbs where Solomon is like, yeah, I saw saw this guy walking down the road, walking right toward the the house of a prostitute, you know? And, And he shares this story about, you know, basically about staying true and faithful and pure, walking in righteousness. And here he is, it's a life example. He's like, I looked over and I know noticed such and such. How many know God wants to grant wisdom every day as we're walking through life and and pointing things out uh, in the world around us? So why don't you stand to your feet as we close this morning. I felt felt impressed in second service. Uh, Two things um, I want to lift up. And again, there's so many things that really, uh, I just love when God confirms himself in, in things. Uh, so, so we talked about wisdom. We talked about walking in wisdom from heaven. I, I tell you, we don't even scratch the surface on what God says about the deception and the delusion that is just going to continue to increase in these last days. And that we need not be afraid of that. But God loves us enough to tell us that so that we will be so immersed in his word that we don't get taken captive by vain imaginations, philosophies, things that 
we might not even see because of the way that they're packaged that are exalting themselves against the knowledge of God. Brother Dustin, we were talking a little while back, you know, and, 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 and you were saying, yeah, man, because we're, we're not even, we're not in a post-Christian culture in, anymore. We're in a pagan culture now. So that's, that's, the, that's the culture that we're marinating in, but fear not. That's the culture the first century church was working in, and they turned the whole world upside down. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. But what it does mean is that casual Christianity is, is going to go by the wayside. You know, if we want to be, you know, it says right, if possible, it says in Scripture, to deceive the very elect, how do I make the decision to make that impossible in my life? Just what we talked about here today. Keep a reverence and a respect for him. Search after his heart and his voice, you, you know, and, and stay anchored in his word and have more of his word flooding into my life than any of the, the philosophy stuff of this age. It will also give us the proper platform to be able to, to, to negate those things when the enemy comes whispering. So, hey, I don't want to belabor here, but I, I think we have a great opportunity here this morning. And, and here's what, what I want to invite. If there's... Any place where confusion or discouragement has come into your life regarding walking God's way, uh, doubt, anything that's come in where you're realizing, man, the, the world's thinking, ideas, mindset have tried to, tried to infiltrate in my life. And I just want to pray today to say no to that in the name of Jesus. Then, then in just a minute, I want to invite you to come forward. I'm not, I don't believe we're going to, you know, be here real long. But I just want us to agree together. Uh, and then if there's anybody else who is saying, you know what? I feel so stinking sober right now that God is calling me to make a commitment to be vigilant that I will walk in the wisdom of God. Then I also want you to come forward as well. So just at any point, if, that's, if, if you're in either of those two places, come forward. And then here's the last one. If there is someone in your life that the wisdom of this world has gotten into their life and it's now interfering with their pursuit of God, let's stand in the gap for them here this morning. So in any of those three places, come forward wherever you're at there and we're just going to agree together on all three of these areas. Some of them might be for you. Uh, some of them might be praying for somebody else. Uh, but in whatever way, just all around here watching online, we're just going to agree together for this. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. <laughs> and j j just to encourage you here as, as we're doing this, you know, sometimes I get a thought from God during service, and it, it kind of lands like this. This is how this landed, what we're doing right now. Yeah, I just felt like there's opportunity to break every strategy. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to break every strategy of the enemy. We're going to break every assignment where the enemy has been uh, uh, working. We're going to pray crop failure on anything that we have allowed in. And then we're going to stand in the gap on behalf of those that we care about, that it's going to be the voice of the Lord that, that, that uh, shouts out any other voice. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're just going to simply uh, agree together. The Word of God tells us if two agree is touching anything, asking the Father that it would be done. That one puts a thousand to flight 
flight. Two will put 10,000 to flight. Amen. Amen. So just around the church family, if you just begin interceding, uh, if you want, even just extending hands of faith, let's just, let's get agreement here today. God, we thank you so much that you are truth. God, we glorify you and we thank you, Lord, that, that you have made it, that you want us to walk through this world in fellowship with you. You want us to be those who walk in your truth. And Lord, just gather together here around the sanctuary, watching together, joining in online. Father, we come into agreement now and we thank you for wisdom from heaven. God, we, uh, uh, we, we stand now and we renounce every thought, every philosophy, every vain imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God in our lives, in the name of Jesus. We cancel you out, we break your power, we tell you be removed, be cast into the sea in the name of Jesus. Father, we say that we repent for every place where we have maybe allowed through eye gate, ear gate, or allowed ourselves to meditate on in areas uh, that, that are just not edifying, not of the truth. We say darkness go in the name of Jesus. We say deception go in the name of Jesus. We say lies, you're broken in the name of Jesus. We say crop failure to everything that has been sown against the will and knowledge of God in our lives in Jesus' name. God, we pray now even areas that we've not been aware of where we're just marinating in our culture, we've not been aware. God, we thank you now for coming and cleansing and removing and breaking those things in the name of Jesus. So Lord, Lord, we thank you that as that is broken, every assignment broken in the name of Jesus. I speak to everything generational that has come upon anybody, and we say your power is broken in the name of Jesus. Every generational deception, every generational lie broken now in the name of Jesus. We pray, Holy Spirit, come now and fill every heart and flood every mind. God, we stand in the gap for those that we love that, that, that are not pursuing you with all of their heart now. Every place where the enemy has come in, God, we pray your truth, your words, your light. Even as we prayed earlier from the north and the south and the east and the west, Lord, we call them back home in the name of Jesus. Lord, open their eyes, open their hearts. God, bring laborers that would sow the truth prepare their hearts to be good ground. And God, we declare over them, no weapon formed against them will prosper in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So God, we thank you for freedom in this place. We thank you for freedom from the lies of the enemy. We thank you, Lord, uh, for, for bringing down and collapsing old paradigms for breaking down uh, thought patterns and thought processes God, we pray that you would do suddenlies here now, Holy Spirit. Just new thinking, the mind of Christ. Thank you for the mind of Christ in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So I just want to encourage you here this morning, you, you know, it, it's, it's not all that matters on, on anything that you might be feeling or not feeling. What matters is that we're grabbing a hold of God and believing him to be who he is in our life. And he said that if we confess and we repent, he'll forgive and cleanse. He said if we pray, believing that it will be done. 
So we thank you for it, God. We thank you for it, God. Mm. Thank you, God. So every individual in this place, Father, we are speaking and declaring your freedom, your wholeness. Every family in this place, your freedom, your wholeness, your truth, wisdom, revelation, insight, discernment. Lord, for those that are gathered here now saying, Lord, afresh and anew, I'm on the wall. Lord, just touch ears. Touch eyes. Let there be greater discernment than ever before. Lord, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, discernment, and insight from heaven. We just give you praise. We just give you praise. We just give you praise, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Now, I just want to encourage you. I just want to kind of shepherd you a little bit here. There should be nobody passive at this altar right now, waiting for God to, you know, at this altar it should be. So, God, I receive it. I call it done. And now everything otherwise is a lie from hell. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so now, body of Christ, I just commission you this morning that you take that belt of truth, have your feet shod with the preparation that comes from the gospel of peace. You walk with your helmet of salvation, that breastplate of righteousness that was purchased by Jesus on the cross in his death.